Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to take a brief moment to remind you that the doors are officially open to our signature program, Unfuck Your Biz, a step-by-step framework to get your legal and tax shit legit. Now, the doors are only open for a brief period of time, so make sure that you hop over to unfuckyourbiz.com for all the details. You're going to learn all about the six-step framework that we walk you through in the program, what's included, and how we can help you through this eight-week live cohort-based course. It's going to be amazing, and I hope to see you in the program. All righty, friends. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I'm joined by another guest, another student of ours inside of the program. Tiffany, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome. Beautiful. What is it? Tuesday? Beautiful Tuesday morning for us both. Remind me, are you in? I want to say you're in Texas. Is that right? Yes, I'm. My business is located in Texas. Okay, cool. You're in Texas, and tell all of the good listeners what your podcast, or not, not your podcast, your business. What your business is all about? What you do? <laughs> so my business is Stitch and Addiction, and what I do is I create the historical fashions that our favorite literary heroines might have worn in mm-hmm. classic literature. So, like, if you love Little Women or Jane Austen or period dramas or any of those things, I do the research. And then I actually, I do it all. I'm a one person business. And so I do all the research. I do all the sewing. I do all the customer service, all of it. Nice. So who are your, who are your like primary customers, like buyers is just like everyday folks who want the costumes. Cause originally when I first found your business, my mind immediately went to one of my mom's good friends does uh civil war reenacting. And she's like very right. into it. So I thought it was like that, but it doesn't sound like that. So it's actually a really big mix. Um, I do have some reenactors that buy from me. I have museums that buy from me, both living living history. And then also there's only so many original dresses left. And so they will commission you to make a replica of an original. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've done that before. You also have people, like you said, that are just everyday people. And there's surprisingly a lot of events uh, worldwide for people that are into, especially Jane Austen, it's a worldwide fandom. Um, and so they'll commission a dress to wear to a ball or to a um, picnic or whatever. And then I also have theater customers. Okay. Cause I was about to say, of course, like being so out here in California, that- my mind immediately, immediately went to like TV and movies, but theater is, you know, adjacent to that. Right. Yeah. Okay, yes. cool. No, cool, I'm not, cool. I haven't gotten any TV and movie orders yet. I would love to one day, but um, yes, theater, I've gotten quite a few. So. Nice. All right. Beautiful. So uh, Tiffany, tell us how long, when did you start your business? Officially? Yeah. <laughs> About three or four years ago. I've always sewn on the side for people. I learned to sew before I was 10 years old. Um, and so I've been doing it for over three decades now. Um, but I officially started Stitching and Addiction about three years ago. Cool. And do you mind sharing this is I asked Stephanie this question on the last interview, and I caught her kind of off guard. So I should put this in my intro notes to ask people before we hit record. But I'll ask you now, 
Um, do you mind sharing where you are revenue wise, at least ballpark for the listeners? Um, I am still aiming to hit the 20 K mark. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think it's helpful. Still, just still pretty low. Yeah. It's helpful for people to know just because then when we're talking about like, oh, well, she formed her LLC like at this point in her business. So it could make sense for me and those kind of things. So I would also imagine, Tiffany, in your business, you probably right. have like a ton of cost of goods, right? Yes. Um. That, well, yes, I do have a lot of cost of goods. Yes. Janet LeBlanc and Paper and Spark helped me with all that inventory <laughs> and cost of goods a lot. But um, that and then there's just a ton of labor involved. And so yeah. I really like I could probably break that ceiling if I wanted to start contracting out sewing to other people. But I'm known for like the quality and the fit. And you can't right. just find anybody that can not to like sound braggy, but you can't find anybody that can do what I can do super easily. And I'm not ready to turn that over to somebody yet. So I've kind of had to put the ceiling on how many orders I can take right. because of that. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. So do you have, are you eventually wanting to hire contractors to help with that work? At this point, Probably not. I'm actually, so I have been a teacher um, in the past and I'm actually looking at going back to teaching. I just took a year break and ran uh -huh. Stitch and Addiction full time. Um, and I just, I really miss teaching. So I actually just really like this as a side gig. It's a really nice summer side gig. And then um, to do on weekends or like breaks from school. And so I just <laughs> really kind of looking at keeping it that way for the, at least for the next five or 10 years. Nice. What do you, what do you teach? Well, I was teaching high school English uh -huh. um, and I took a break from that after 13 years. And so I'm looking at going back to social studies, either at the high school or the middle school level. So I'm working on getting my certification for that and uh, transitioning into that this next school year. Okay. The Jane Austen starting to make more sense. High school English teacher. Yes. <laughs> well, I was an English major in college before uh -huh. I even became a teacher. So yes. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So I saw I was looking at your your file that we have for you. And it looks like you joined, you joined uh, our program in October. So before we did our last like big launch. Um, so I was like thinking about right. going back then, what made you decide that you were like ready to join this kind of program? What what were you hoping to get out of it? Um, I just knew that since my business had grown a little bit bigger, I was looking at getting my LLC, um, which I saw that you offered a lot of information on and help with. And then I just like to do kind of a checkup um, every once in a while on my business and enroll in like a course or get some professional help to kind of make sure that everything's in place as far as legal and tax and financial. And um, so I just kind of was intrigued by your program because of that, because it seemed like it offered all of those things. And I wanted to kind of do just an overall checkup and update on all of those things for my business, given the point that I was at. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So you joined, did, did you end up doing your LLC in the program? I did. I did. Um, I think you did an LLC filing party in December. Uh -huh. And I was part of that group that did that. And so it started on January 1st and I now have my LLC. So and it's which all... partly I wanted to do because I yeah, launched a children's clothing line. Like uh -huh. I just started that um, this spring. And so I was just trying to cover all of my bases because I know when you get into selling for children, it's a whole nother 
viability. Yes, for sure. So you got the LLC formed, your EIN, your all you got all that stuff from our business right. blueprint dialed in. Right. And how yeah, is so that I went process? down the whole checklist? Um it's always tedious because I did it a couple of years ago when I was a sole prop and um then having to go back and redo certain things because you're an LLC right. and making sure that you get all the information straight. And like when you file for your EIN, they ask for your category. Well, I didn't write that down when I did it three years ago. And so then I'm like trying to figure out, I actually had to send a letter to them to get them to change my category because I accidentally picked the wrong category. I was like in a hurry trying to just get it done. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of checklists, but the checklist that you had in the program and then also um, the co-working hours really help and the Q and A's with you really helped me because when I, what I would do is I would literally just log on to those and sit there and work. And if I had a question, I could ask um, Connie or I could hold it until the next Q and A with you. And so that was really helpful. Good, good. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. I mean, we try to structure it so that, you know, most people, especially when they first join are doing some work outside of the co-working calls, but then it's like, you can get it all done during the co-working calls essentially. Um, so in this next round of the cohort, it's going to be a little bit different because we are condensing it into an eight-week cohort-based program. So folks are going to have more accountability to get things done, but they're going to need to do a little bit more work on their own. So we're going to like kind of push them, push them through the material, which I think will be good. No, I think that'll be really good because I took a long time. I signed up right during my busy season anyways. The fall and right before Christmas is always crazy. And so I didn't get hardly anything done before Christmas. And then, yeah, it it wasn't really until I started coming to co-working every week that I really started making a lot of progress. So I think that would be really good for to help people get through the material. Yes, yes. So I know you had, because you went through our friend Janet's program, you already had a lot of your number stuff dialed in when you joined, right? Where you, did you already have your bookkeeping all settled or did, did you end up implementing one of our resources? I actually am still using her bookkeeping because I was already kind of used to it. And of course, since it was, I had already rolled everything over for this financial year when I really saw all of yours. Um, and so I've been doing that. I do really like your finance Friday routine. I'm not, I'm not good enough to get it done every Friday, but I do really <laughs> like it. Hers is a monthly, um, thing, which I find myself putting off just because I'm like, okay, that's a couple hours by the time I sit down and do, you know, the books and then do the in- update inventory since I deal with so much inventory. Yeah. And so your finance Friday routine is a little bit less intimidating because I can literally be like, oh, I can just roll this into like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and get it done every week. And then also I like how you lump, I think it was you that lumps the purchasing with that. Are you the Uh one that says that in your program? I think so. And that's really helpful too, because obviously I have to order different things for orders that are coming in. And so if I just designate that time, okay, I'm going to sit down and order everything too at the same time. It kind of helps me to stay focused and um, batch things because I try to batch stuff as much as possible since it's just me. Nice. Yeah, I don't specifically mention purchasing, but it's something that you could have outlined yourself because in the, when we talk about the finance variety routine, I mention all the things that I do. And then it's like, well, think about any other finance related activities you need to do on a regular basis and add it to your checklist. So I went through a period of time where I used to like check my credit score every day. Like there were things that I would do all the time that have kind of, I don't do as much anymore, but it's, you know, you're going to do these things based on your season of life and like what you need to focus on. But 
I agree with you when it comes to doing the bookkeeping. It's much easier for me to spend a half an hour a week as opposed to like two to three hours at the end of the month. Because then when it's a longer activity, I kind of dread doing it and I'm more likely to push it off. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, and like I said, I'm not good enough to get it done every week, but it helps. <laughs> Yeah, I actually started, I, I was kind of the same way. Mine was coming like every other week, but now I just, in the past couple of weeks, I've started doing it like every day or every other day, which sounds pretty wild, but then it's kind of nice because every day I'm just tracking like literally what was deposited into my bank account today. Um, and it takes me like five minutes, which is nice. Um, it's funny. So you brought up Connie earlier. We were on our team meeting yesterday and we were talking about some messaging notes for the upcoming launch. And you mentioned how you use... Janet's bookkeeping solution, but you joined our program like for the LLC stuff and some other things. And we were talking about, we were throwing out all of these really like wacky and wild analogies, but um, one of them was like, well, maybe you like don't really want raisins, but the rest of the trail mix re looks really good. So you're still going to buy the trail mix, right? That was one of the analogies right. we threw out there. So of course, when we cover five different topics, the majority, I would say the majority of the people that join our program don't need all five or six parts. Oftentimes they need two right. or three, but we try to like price it um, so that you're going to get the things that you need. And then the other stuff is like bonus or for you, it's like you already have your bookkeeping solution, but maybe we can give you like one or two ideas to help uh, kind of build on what you're already doing, even in that certain department. No, and I really liked it too, because it kind of, I know you work with businesses as they scale up larger. And of course, you know, you're, I'm always looking forward and kind of thinking long-term. And so it was also helpful just to see it in the sense of, okay, this is the same kind of thing he's using and recommending for businesses that are way larger than mine. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I ever get to that point, it's good to know that I have this to go back to kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It can stick with you, like stick with you for quite a, like quite a while. I mean, most people, as you know, I say most people can use a spreadsheet for like five years, even longer, depending on like where they want to grow their business. I'm still do my bookkeeping on a spreadsheet. Um, I probably should eventually right. integrate over, but, but we'll see. Did you end up getting um, insurance for your business? That is on the to-do list and I yeah. need to do it. It uh -huh. hasn't happened yet. Um, you guys, I, you mentioned that in your modules and then you also had the podcast, which I need to listen to, um, but I ha haven't actually done it yet. So Okay, so we have that on our to-do list. And then for you, do you have um, do you have a one-on-one -on -one contract or client sign or like terms of service or how does that work? So I have a terms of service that's on the website and I actually just recently had a conversation. I use Shopify as my platform on how to create that as a checkbox when they go to um, sign out at the, or not sign out when they go to purchase in the cart. And so I'm working on getting that set up. And then I also am working on a rental line um, for mostly for photographers and stuff like that to oh, rent cool. from me. And so I'm working on a rental contract to go with that. So I have your, um contract club yes <laughs> yes that wasn't the name when I first signed up so I had to think um I have your contract club and and working on the contract through that but I'm not quite ready to launch that line so I haven't finalized the contract yet nice nice but you have you have it there um have you ever considered trademarking your business names I feel like you have a, like a pretty we have a pretty cool business name I actually, when you said that in the modules, I put it down as something to kind of look into uh -huh. because I did think about that. Um, 
because I've searched it pretty often. I've searched it pretty regularly on the internet because, yeah, I wouldn't really want to lose it. I actually came up with it like 15 years ago. Um, and so I, at this point, so I really probably should trademark it because I'm kind of attached to it. Um, but I, it's another thing on the to-do list that I'm like, I need to follow up with that, but it hasn't actually happened. So. Okay. Well, you know, we're doing trademarks now. So you give me a ring when you're ready to do it. When you're ready to invest oh, in that, right. we'll make it happen. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't we haven't done a ton, but I've worked with up to this point. I've worked with, I think we've maybe done like six or seven filings in the past couple months. Um, and I may be hiring a trademark attorney to come on the team soon to help with those. So that'll be fun. Okay, so we talked about like going through the framework that we teach in order. We have uh bookkeeping. We have tax, like the tax. Tell us a little bit about the tax stuff. So you already had your finances like pretty well dialed in. Did you go through, did you go through the, um, the tax playbook in the program? I did. So that was one of the things that I was intrigued by about your program. Cause I was like, okay, I've gone through, as we've talked about all of Janet's stuff and she has a January workshop that she runs for free every year that I always attend just to refresh my mind before we file our taxes. Um, but because I had the LLC now, I was just like, okay, I want to make sure nothing has changed. There's nothing major. And I also just wanted to like go through it with somebody else just to make sure there wasn't anything that like I needed to double check or change up a little bit. So I did go through your whole tax playbook. That was one of the things I did during co-working hours and, um, was pretty happy with the system I already had it pretty much aligned to what I already had in place. So cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's always refreshing to hear. It sounds like you're a great student, Tiffany, because I feel like a lot of people join these kind of programs just because they have like a checklist and they want to quickly get it done. And what I'm hearing from you is that you're joining to like actually learn the material and become like a more well-rounded business owner, which is really my goal for everyone. Yeah, no, definitely. That was definitely why I joined was because I just kind of wanted to like make sure I had all my ducks in a row, so to speak. So Nice. And then you didn't have, it doesn't sound like you didn't have any back taxes or any like uh, business formation issues when you joined, did you? No. Mm -mm. No. Okay. Because that's no, I now. Had... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm When I did Janet, I had some back state sales taxes. Yeah. That was several years ago. I figured yeah. that out on my own. Um. And I squarely blame that on Etsy because they are very unclear as to whether or not <laughs> you are responsible to do that or not. And I had only been selling on Etsy up until that point. And then when I went through her program, I realized, wait, I should have been. So I'm literally paying $50 fees to file a $0 tax. You know, like it was ridiculous. I was not very happy that month. Oh, so you, uh, you had I like, have, late, I never had back you had late fees I'm just sorry. for not filing, but you didn't actually owe any taxes. Right, because I hadn't sold anything directly in the state because Etsy's an international platform. And so uh -huh. it was all sales in other places, but you still have to file every quarter whether you made any sales in your state or not. Got it. Okay, so this was like just state of Texas sales tax filings. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, I mean, we get like a lot of that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, filing, like you got to like file a piece of paper to basically say that you don't owe any money. And if you don't file the piece of paper, then they mm -hmm. charge you a penalty for not, you know, not filing it. So we see that quite a bit. And then, of course, we see, you know, we see folks with like pretty high amounts of income tax issues as well. It, it kind of runs the gamut. So we have that. And then we have all the LLC formation stuff we talked about. Um, super fun, all of our layers of protection. And then we got into the cash flow stuff. So did you already have a cash flow process before you joined? Like, were you doing your tax savings and 
paying yourself your um, owner's payments and all that good stuff? No, I didn't. Um, I was, I actually really liked that part and I use Novo for my banking. I had already had that set up. Oh, nice. And so I just went in and set the reserves and then, you know, they let it where every time you get a deposit into your account, so much percentage goes into each one of those reserves. And so I found that actually really helpful because um, with starting to pay myself out of it this year, I, um, since I took a year off of teaching, I, um, was really helpful to start to have that flow and then not be worrying about, oh, if I owe anything on taxes, when that comes around in April, I have stuff in the account to cover it and all mm -hmm. of those things. So that part was really, really helpful for me to just get that and get that all automated. So I don't even have to think about it. Like it's, it's just done. So did you empty your tax reserve for Q1 tax payments in April? I actually did not. No, <laughs> um, I still have some in there. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Um, all right, yeah. So the the way that we teach that everyone is, I mean, it's pretty simple. I think they've also gotten it from our other interviews, but we in the program try to estimate how much you should be saving for quarterly taxes, and we just automate that. Um, ideally through Novo, which is our current bank account of choice. We have some other students who use comparable bank accounts. Um, I get an affiliate, I get a juicy affiliate commission of $25 whenever people use my Novo link. So it's not really breaking my bank if people like to use other bank accounts, really whatever works for everybody. But um, that's one that I found that's that's worked pretty well for us thus far, knock on wood. Although yes. I have to figure out, Tiffany, um, I, I, like mail, a lot. I was like, I need to mail a check somewhere and I have to figure out if I can order checks from Novo. I don't know if I can. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that. Um... Yeah, I haven't ever done checks through them, so I have no idea. Yeah, otherwise I'm going to have to go to Walmart and get a money order because apparently that's like the only place that can do those now. <laughs> you can't do them at um the post office? Oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's been so long since I've been to a post office. I went to... So... Oh, I go all the time because I'm shipping all the time. And oh. I hear people ask for them on a pretty regular basis. So I think you can. Okay, that might be easier. I walked into, I was really close to a Chase Bank the other day. So I walked in and I'm like, yeah, we can only do it if you're a client. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Tiffany, this was super helpful, super fun. Any last minute uh, messages or notes that you would give to my audience if they're considering whether they need to unfuck their biz? Oh, I would definitely uh, sign up for the program. The cohort sounds really, really cool um, to kind of keep you accountable. It kind of works the same way as the, I think the co-working hours did for me. And then like I already mentioned, I mean, Brayden and Connie are there to help you. If you have any questions, you can email them. You get email responses right away. You can go to the Zooms and get responses right away. So as fast as you can work through it, they'll help you get it done. So I definitely recommend it. Beautiful. I love that note because a lot of the times we just like never hear from people. And it's like, we can't, we can't help you if you're not reaching out to us. So you got to join the program and ask the questions. Well, Tiffany, you also know that I have a Facebook group called Braden's Besties. If someone wants to become one of Tiffany's besties, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, um, I am on Facebook. I'm on all platforms as Stitch and Addiction. No uh, G on the end of Stitchin. And so you can find me on Instagram, which is probably where I'm the most active. Um, you can Google that and you'll find my website. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook. So. All right. Wonderful. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. 
Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.